Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Well, last night was an extremely special night, and uh, the worship team just did an incredible job. So if you have an opportunity to speak to them individually, be sure to let them know uh, that you appreciate the hard work they put into that. And it was just great seeing, you know, last night uh, we had a lot of our students back, and it caught my attention that... uh, Eight of our students were back last night in just one of the services who are all serving in the military now. And, uh, you know, we, we value that and we're so thankful for that. Had an opportunity to talk to each of them. And, you know, two, you know one's, one's a Navy SEAL. We just had another student just finished his Navy SEAL tour. Uh, we got another Special Forces. Uh, two brothers. Uh, one is a uh, is becoming a Black Hawk, Hawk pilot. The other one is a uh, Marine. I mean, is a naval uh, jet fighter uh, pilot and uh, is in the midst of his training. Another one's a Marine officer in infantry, and the list just goes on. and And so we need to be reminded to pray for those uh, individuals in our church. We have lots of veterans, but be reminded of those in our church who are serving actively and, uh, and are doing dangerous work. And so we want to continue to pray for them. Um, and we have been, we're finishing up this series today. Uh, we've talked about getting ready for Christmas. Uh, we talked about dealing with our deep hurts. We talked about dealing with our damaged emotions. And then last week we talked about the wise men who came to find Jesus. And today, I do want to just talk about a very specific thing that relates to Jesus. It's one of the things that Jesus uh, was identified with. And we go back all the way to Genesis chapter 1 to begin to see this, this image that we're going to see today. In Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless. And empty. Now it says a plural heavens. Um, there is more than one heaven. There's the heaven where the birds fly. There are the heavens where the stars are. And then there's that spiritual heaven where God's home is. So he created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. And the darkness, that's a key word there, darkness covered the deep water. And the spirit of God... You know, we're going to find out that the Trinity was all involved in the creation because later in chapter in John, we find out that everything was created through Jesus, you know, that he was the word. And so here we see the Holy Spirit and the God, the Father is orchestrating all of this. It says, and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And now listen to what God said. Let there be light. Let there be light. And there was. He just spoke it and there was. And God saw that the light was good and then he separated the light from the darkness. Now, the Bible begins with this image. The creation of light and the separation of light from darkness. 
Now, let's go to John chapter 3. It says, but those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Now, we're, seeing, we're going to start weaving together here what he's talking about. Uh, you know, there's just something about we're drawn to light. And uh, it's kind of like when you're driving around during Christmas and you go by one of those houses that's got five million lights on it. And, and you just stop and you just look and you enjoy it. We're just kind of drawn to it. And, uh, and we, really, we really don't know that there is such a thing as light if it weren't for the darkness. Amen. Everything we see is a result of light. And when we see the things like Christmas cards and colorful presents and the decorations and the lights on the stage, uh, the reality is we're not seeing those objects. We're really seeing light. And, and we, we were actually made for light. We're drawn to light. And, and light is all that our eyes can really see. Without light, there's only darkness. And the existence of light is known because of the existence of darkness. So light and darkness, light and darkness are such prominent themes that we've even coined phrases, you know, like, well, you, you, you really light up my life. Or, man, that guy's always in the dark. <laughs> and uh, maybe that's been said about you. I don't know behind your back. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we're just fascinated by light. We, but you know, it's not just the Christmas season that brings out the reality of light. The first thing that God did was to correct the darkness. And on top of that, the first thing that he did during that first Christmas was to correct the darkness by bringing the light. So Christmas is highly related to creation. God corrected for the darkness by bringing the light. So Mary was basically in the dark, as we talked about last night. And she was just a young Jewish girl, a teenager. And she was engaged to get married. And then suddenly an angel appeared to her and told her about the light that was coming to the world, God's only son that was going to be born through her. And then the angel said that she was going to give birth to Messiah. And then the shepherds were in the dark until the angel came and brought news of the light. The innkeeper was in the dark. In fact, he stayed in the dark there because if he had really known what the light was that was coming, he would, he would have given his own suite of rooms, his, his own bed. He would have given that for the Son of God. Now, let's jump to John chapter 8. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Truth be known, he was that first light in Genesis chapter 1. He was the light then. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Now, the opposite of that is true. 
When I don't follow Jesus, I am walking in darkness. It's one or the other. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You will never find life in the darkness. You will only find it with the light. Now, the Pharisees replied to Jesus, You are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. <clears throat> Jesus told them, These claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know what this is. You don't know that this is about me. And Jesus said, <laughs> yeah, "It's kind of like saying, guys, if you only knew, I I was the very original light. I was there when all this began." And Jesus replied, "My light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so the darkness will not overtake you." Those who walk in darkness cannot see where they are going. Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. Now after saying these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. And when Jesus was dying on the cross and the disciples thought that the light was going out, they, most of them ran and hid, except for one who stayed there with Jesus' mother. Yet three days later, he burst forth with light, with resurrection power. Now, Jesus could have compared himself to lots of other things, but he chose the medium of light. And because he chose light, we need to understand light because what light is on a physical plane, Jesus is on every level of our human experience. So if you want to understand the meaning of Christmas, then we need to understand what light is and what light is not. What light does and what light does not. And we also need to understand its counterpart, darkness. Number one, darkness frustrates, but light illuminates. What happens when you're at home and it's late at night and you're sitting there and there's a, there's a thunderstorm going on, all of a sudden the lights go out? If you're walking around at the house at that moment, what do you do? You just freeze. You just stand still for a moment. Even though it's your home, you know your bearings, you know where you are, you know, it just catches you off guard when all of a sudden you go from light to total darkness. And, and uh, we just have that moment when we're frozen. So on one hand, we know where we are, but on the other hand, we have to sort out our loss of confidence. Our confidence has been shot because of the darkness. Darkness changes everything. It messes up your depth perception, right? Yes. I mean, have you ever gotten up in the middle of the night and you go to the bathroom and you don't want to wake up your spouse and so you don't turn the lights on and you forgot about the bedpost? 
I'm telling you, when I come out of the bathroom in the middle of the night, I'm doing this. You know, I know there's a bedpost there, and when I find it, okay, I know where I am. And there's another bedpost, so I'm going to go find that one. I do that every time, even though I know exactly where they are, but it's dark. And I've lost my confidence just to go walking through there because I don't want to bust my head open again. <laughs> Once is enough. Most of the time, we really don't know we're in the darkness because what happens when you're in the darkness for a while? You adjust to it. You adjust to it and you become comfortable with it. Sometimes I don't understand how someone who is not a believer can be so happy and carefree. Well, the reality is they've been in the darkness so long, they're completely comfortable with it. They're totally unaware of their darkness. So I want to encourage you to deal with any darkness in your life during this Christmas time. Because Christmas brings light to a lot of frustration in our lives. So darkness frustrates, but light illuminates. Darkness conceals, but light reveals. Light enables us to see what has been there the whole time, and we just are unaware of it. Light penetrates the darkness, and it not only illuminates objects externally, but it illuminates objects internally as well. Maybe you find yourself dealing with a number of dilemmas, and maybe it's a relational dilemma, an emotional dilemma. Maybe it's a financial dilemma. Maybe you find yourself frozen in the darkness, and you're unsure of which way to go, and you need light to help you to figure out which way to go. Number two, darkness, it alienates, but light captivates. You know, I could take a match, and I had a box of matches, and they're sitting back on my table back in there, so pretend like I brought them out with me. And I could light that match, and all of a sudden, you'd see the light on it. But after a while, if I don't blow that match out, what's going to happen? It's going to burn my fingers. And, and so light, darkness alienates us from light, and a lot of us are in the dark, and we're frustrated. And darkness, it separates us from the light. And being in the dark means that there's an absence of light in our life. Even as a believer, you, you can walk away from Christian fellowship that brings light into your life. You can walk away from the scripture which brings light into your life. You can even try to walk away from Jesus who is the light in your life. And you can be drawn to this dark place. And once you're there... Well, you get comfortable after a while. Maybe you're looking for the wrong source of light. Some of you, you, you try to find light through relationships. And, um, and you put, you're putting God-type pressure on people-type relationships. We're attempting to make a person light light. 
instead of God being the light. We, we look to someone else to be the light in my life that's meant for only God to be, for only Jesus to be. Maybe you're looking for light in material possessions. And uh, it, it might light you up for a little while, but not very long. It's like striking a match and the light's there, but it burns out pretty quick. So wherever you're looking for light, if you're looking in the wrong place, you're never going to find it. And whatever you do find is, it might, it might satisfy, it might feel good, but only for a short season. I want to challenge you to look for the true source of light. The Bible says we are captivated by God's love. God's light. You know, what, what happens to a plant when you expose it to proper sunlight? It, the plant has life. Well, the same thing's true in our life. When we expose ourselves to the light of Jesus, we have true life. We, we thrive. We grow. You know, sometimes you can meet a person and you can just look in their eyes and you can see sadness. Sometimes you can see darkness. Sometimes you think, you know, the lights just aren't on. Maybe God has captured you by light in someone else's life who has invited you to church. You saw a light in someone and you say, they've got something I don't have. And they invite you to a Bible study or a life group or to a worship service and you're drawn to the light that you see in them. And they want to show you the source of that light. Amen. You know, the, the greatest gift you can show someone is the light of Jesus reflecting off of you. Amen. And they will be drawn to that light. The third thing. Darkness, it incarcerates, but lightness, light liberates. If you ever want a conversation to come to a screeching halt at a family gathering or a Christmas party, just start talking about the subject of death. <laughs> I mean, it'll bring everything to a screeching halt. If you ever want a conversation just to stop, then bring that up. We... We live life like we're not going to die. And, uh, and we're not really, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in this. We're, we're, we really don't know how to live until we settle this issue that one day we are going to die. When I get settled in that and I'm not afraid of it, and the Bible says God does not want believers to ever be afraid of death. There's no need to be. Now, for any non-believers, yes, they, they ought to be afraid of it. But to pretend like it's not going to happen, well, that's just foolish. So God, now God doesn't want you to dwell on it. He doesn't want you to be consumed by it. He just wants you to be settled with it, saying, hey, death for a believer is going into the presence of holy God, into the ultimate light source. And, and God wants you to so believe that that you're not afraid of it. Now, that's truly living in light. 
In fact, that's living in light in such a way that if you find yourself in <clears throat> darkness, you don't have to be afraid. When we move from this life to the next, <clears throat> it's all about light and darkness. You know, um, Satan, he's called the prince of darkness. <clears throat> That's his domain. He loves to keep people in the dark. And the Bible also says that he disguises himself as an angel of light. Now that's pretty scary. <clears throat> so people are duped into thinking they're in the light, but they're actually in the darkness. So he disguises himself as an angel of light and people are drawn to that and they don't realize they've just actually walked into the domain of the prince of darkness. Even more so, why the light of Jesus' night needs to shine through your life. And you know how to make that light shine brighter through you? By you spending time in God's word, by you spending time in prayer. The more you spend time in God's word, the more time you spend in prayer, the more time you spend with other believers in fellowship, in worship, the light of Jesus just shines brighter in you so that when you go out into the darkness of this world, which we're told to do, we're told to engage the darkness of this world. We're told to go out and help those who are in the darkness to bring them the light. So when they see you coming along, they see a light in you. They may not know what it is, but they're drawn to it. They want what you have. People want to always ask the suffering question. You know, a lot of people stay in the darkness and they want to stay there. And one of the excuses that they use for not trying to go into the light is why is there suffering in the world? Why, why do innocent people uh, get, uh, suffer? Why do little babies die? Why does this happen? Why do innocent children get cancer? And, and they go on and on and on <clears throat> and and why does a, a family get wiped out by a drunk driver? And, and they, they want to equate that, that that's God's doing. Or at least that God could have prevented it and he didn't. And, and they want to use that as an excuse for staying in the darkness. Why is there evil in the world? Well... This world, I'm reminded, is a fallen world. Amen. We turned our back on God. Amen. We kicked God out of our community, out of our classroom. We have removed God. <clears throat> His light's still there, but we've invited him not to hang around. And we wonder why we face, isn't that interesting? People will say, we don't want God. And then when something bad happens, they say, well, why did God let that happen? Oh, wait a minute. You can't have it both ways. Amen. You invited him to leave. And he said, he's going to give you your choice. He gives you a free will. And, and you've invited him not to participate in your life or be a part of your life. You invited him to turn the lights out 
on you. The good news of Christmas is this. The light that was there in Genesis 1, the light of the world has come. If you're in the darkness, you need to deal with it. Admit it to God. Drop your props, your excuses, and turn to him and receive the light of the world. John 3.21, our last verse. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Did you get that verse? Those who do what is right, the light's in you. You've come to the light and the light's shining through you. So others can see. Your light was not meant to be hidden. The light of Jesus in you was not meant to be put in a closet. The light of Jesus in you was for others to see, not to be on a pedestal, not to say, hey, look at me, but a genuine reflection of I am a Christ follower. My life is who God has made me to be. And I am living for his purposes and not apologizing about that, but not being arrogant about it, not being haughty about it. I am a Christ follower. And you gently say that. Uh, Let's read that verse again. It's a pretty powerful verse. But those who do what is right and, and come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Did you get that? So others can see not you, but see God. So when they see you, they're seeing the reflection of Jesus' light in you. So they see Jesus. So they see Jesus. Choose to come out of the dark and go into the light. Amen. We're going to close with a prayer. We're not even going to have a closing song today. Um, we're just going to have a time of prayer. And then you're going to be dismissed. You can fellowship for a little while. And, uh, but I, I want to close by saying... Ask God to show you any places where darkness has a foothold in your life so that it can be replaced with the light of Jesus. If you really want to pray a powerful prayer, pray this verse. Lord, let me do, here's how you pray a verse. Lord, let me do what is right. So I want to come into the light of Jesus so others can see that I'm doing what you want me to do. Let others see the reflection of Jesus in my life. It's all about him. Let's pray.